We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more podcasts. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? Right, welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm a writer for USA Today's Rams Wire. With me, as always, Rams Talk Managing Editor Johnny Gomez. Johnny, did was there a game this week? Did the Rams even play? Uh, I I can't I can't say for certain. Disney Plus is is taking my life away from me slowly but surely. I'm still trying to to get that Verizon free account, but my account is giving me trouble. So I haven't gotten I haven't gotten onto the D plus yet. Uh, but I wish it was out Sunday so I could have just watched the Mandalorian and skip this dreadful football game. Yeah, it was not a good day for Ram fans anywhere. No, no, it was not. Uh, Seventeen to twelve loss for the Rams in Pittsburgh. Uh, certainly not ideal. Probably a game we had to win. We didn't win it, so we'll talk about everything. Um, but before we do, guys, if you haven't given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. You'll be entered to win a custom Rams throwback jersey from the NFL shop if you enter. Just give us a five-star review Send us an email to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com with a screenshot of your name and tell us who's entering. And Derek, host of Rams Talk Radio, on our feed. Hope you're listening to it. He'll read it on the air. Uh, and, of course, get us wherever you're getting your podcast. But, Johnny, let's just let's just get right into things here. We'll start with the injury report before we get to the game. Obviously, some huge news here. Brian Allen, done for the year. Uh, knee injury. Rob Havenstein, Brandon Cooks, both out this week. They'll be reevaluated after the week. 
No idea when they're coming back, but I mean, let's start with Allen and I guess Havenstein to an extent because more problems on the offensive line. We now have lost, well, now we'll be without three starters in week 11 against Chicago. As we know, Chicago, not a bad pass rush with Khalil Mack. So that will be fun. But I, I guess Allen being out for the year, what do you think the implications are? Uh, Austin Bly seemingly going to step into that role. Austin Corbett probably slide to guard. Uh, the Rams have said David Edwards is expected to stay at guard while Havenstein is out, which means my, probably going to end up with Bobby Evans at right tackle. So, I mean, what do, what do you even make of all this at this point? So it could be the Disney Plus, you know, talking here, but it it, it kind of reminds me of a cartoon where you say what else could possibly go wrong, and then you have what the Rams have presently, uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially you, you think of. I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for Jared Goff at this point because you have incredible defensive fronts that he has to go up against uh, for the rest of the season for the most part. Starting, as you mentioned, with the Chicago Bears. So, uh, rest in peace, Jared Goff. Poor guy. Uh, Poor guy. Seriously, like... I mean, okay, so you and I basically made a consensus that saying that... uh, in the preseason, the backup offensive linemen were just god-awful. Yep. And for the most part, with the exception of Whitworth and Blythe, who has had his struggles, as has Whitworth, but at least Whitworth is competent. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, look, I, I got to jump in on Whitworth, man. Did you see the play where he got pancaked? He got pancaked, dude. He's the guy that's supposed to be pancaking the defense, and he got pancaked. Uh, it was on that the the quote unquote fumble by Jared Goff that got returned for a touchdown. Whitworth got pancaked and basically fell into Goff. Uh, I just want to throw that out there because there's no exceptions on who's been good in this offensive line. The answer is pretty much everyone has not been very good. Okay, so I will say that Whitworth is the best of the worst. Yeah. Is that fair? Is yeah, that fair it's to fair. Say? He has been, but I mean, even he, he got his ass kicked against Pittsburgh, as did everybody else, but uh, I think that was noticeably his worst game of the year. Yeah, I, I could agree to that. It, it's just, it, it's it's actually stunning that this is going to be our offensive line for the foreseeable future. You know, Blythe moving over to center was always a potential possibility considering if Brian Allen couldn't hold his own. And, well, it's not like we're – I'm, I'm just going to be blunt about it. It's not like we have a huge loss there with because Allen, while he was somewhat improving, it wasn't that great, honestly. And you you have a, a problem with the rest of the offensive line because at guard you have a rookie tackle playing in David Edwards who has actually done relatively well, all things considered. Really, and, really when you talk about bright spots, he he's pretty much been the only bright spot because I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like he's been great, but... For the for the situation that he was thrust into, for what you would have expected, he's been he's been fine. If the, if the line around him was good, uh, you would have absolutely no issue with him. Uh, he he's done everything we've needed him to, I'd say. But uh, yeah, continue. Obviously, the pieces around him aren't helping. Yeah, exactly, and <laughs> and then you have oh man, so at guard. The other guard, it would be Corbett, right? It was Corbett in the game, uh, and based on McVay's comments, it sounds like it's going to continue to be Corbett. 
They they like Bly that sent both Corbin and Bly paid play a little center, but uh, I think they like Bly there. I don't think Bly Bly is an upgrade from Allen at center. I'd say, but the problem is, who are you replacing Bly with that guard? The answer is Corbett. Corbett is you know we we talked about the depth all the time in the preseason. Uh, I I wrote you can read my article on Ramswire today. I wrote a pretty lengthy piece uh, about. Who's to blame for the offensive line struggles? I blame the front office and the staff for trusting what we had, for not adding anything, because we're stuck with this shitty group of backups. And uh, luckily, David Edwards worked out to a degree. So, But, uh, you know, we tried Jamil Demby. He put up insanely terrible grades and which just did not pass, did not pass any of the tests. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch. And our answer at the trade deadline to fix the problem in the offensive line is to trade for a guy in Austin Corbett who does he have potential? Sure. But he was a second round pick who couldn't find a, a spot to play on another shitty offensive line. He couldn't find a, a, a starting role on Cleveland. And that's kind of the guy we acquired to answer for our depth. Uh, I, I get, I don't mind that trade at all, but it's just, it, it's just another factor that piles on into this problem of the, of the offensive line that we're having. And we've been lucky that we haven't had injuries over the past couple of years. Uh, last year, even if we had an injury, we had Jamon Brown sitting there. We cut him for whatever fucking reason. Uh, we cut a starting caliber offensive lineman when we have no depth. And now it's all it's all coming full circle. Not we've. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know our thoughts on, or at least you know my thoughts on the offensive line and Johnny's too. If you're new to this podcast, we've been shitting on the offensive line all season. And now here we are staring into a worse offensive line seemingly because of all these injuries. We don't know what we have in Bobby Evans, but he didn't even suit up for this game. So, I mean, that kind of tells you how much this team trusts and thinks they would need him. Uh, We'll see what happens. He could be another David Edwards. Bobby Evans was a third-round pick, but so is Joe Noteboom. Austin Corbett was a second-round pick, and you don't these guys haven't shown anything. So... Uh, we will see what happens, but there is, uh, to me, there's no saving this offensive line at this point, and you just kind of gotta just go fucking put your cards on the table. You're two of diamonds. You're ace of spades. You're seven of clubs. Uh, you're you're jack of hearts, I guess, and Andrew Whitworth, uh, and then another three of whatever suit, and you have. You don't have any, you don't have a good hand. You're going to lose, but you got to hope that your high card jack is better than whoever you're playing and it all works out. I don't even know, man. Uh, I, we are truly fucked in this aspect and I'm curious to see what happens moving forward. I hope that Edwards can continue to get better and maybe Bobby Evans is something. Maybe Austin Corbett figures out, figures it all out and becomes a good player. I do have some faith in Blythe at center, oddly enough. Uh, I think he's going to be fine there, but going against Chicago next week, I mean, God help Goff in that game, man. Just curious if what, what card would you make Jamel Demby? (laughs) Uh, He's a two, but the suits are ripped out. So you can't tell what suit he'd be a part of in case you had a flush or something, but you know he's a two, so it's not really going to be a helpful card. <laughs> Jared Goff, you got to know when to hold him. You got to know when to fold him. Got to know when to walk away. Yeah, but like he can't walk away because he's getting paid ungodly amounts of money to sit in that pocket. Unfortunately. Uh, well, hey, maybe we'll run a couple more Blake Bortles uh, read options this week to to relieve Goff a little bit because that'll work, right? Can we get uh, Brandon Allen back on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's take a quick break. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real. 
And 30 feet is still in range. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Okay. So, we didn't talk about the, uh, I mean, we'll get back to the offensive line, probably circle back into golf discussions, but uh, Brandon Cooks out another week. Uh, I mean, I still feel fine about a receiving core, but like I, I have no takes about the receivers after last week. I can't tell you how they did without uh, Brandon Cooks. The big concern to me is that Cooper Cup caught the 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 primary coverage of the opposing team, and he had zero yards. So that's a a tad alarming to me. Like, look, I'm not going to sit here and say Cooper Cup is going to be bad for the rest of the way. I would never say that. I think it's going to be fine. But uh, the first full game without Brandon Cooks, and he doesn't have a catch. It's a good secondary, but he's getting number one coverage like Cooks would a lot of the time, and this is what we get. I mean, you think there's any concern there? It's absolutely a concern, and I think going in, we kind of expected that uh, Cup would get the bulk of the uh, coverage, at least number one coverage because that's Goff's go-to guy. And it, it showed how much that Goff relied on him because I, I believe uh, Cup was only targeted four times in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, four times. Uh, just for reference, Goff threw the ball 41 times. Uh, Robert Woods, 11 targets. Gerald Everett, 12. Josh Reynolds, 5. Tyler Higby, 4. Ty Gurley, 4. Uh, Johnny Munt. With a catch on his one target. There we go. Why Why was he on the field? I didn't even like, like I look up and I see Johnny Munt just catching a pass. Uh, I mean, that might be his his first reception from Goff. I, I don't remember <laughs> ever seeing him on the, on the field for a meaningful snap. I just think at that point they, they're hoping to make something work because clearly not much was. But second reception yeah. of his career. Wow, he had one last year, first of the year. But uh, this is not a Johnny Munt podcast. So back to Cup. Oh, why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, when you saw the four times that that Cup got an opportunity, you just saw the desperation to get the ball to him. They were, for the most part, there was only like maybe I think one pass that actually was a decent pass to him, and he just simply dropped it. There, there was another one I remember too. It wasn't a wasn't a great ball, but it was pretty good. Uh, if Joe Hayden just dove out and tipped it out of the way, uh, it was really a great play by Hayden, but. Uh, if that ball's a little better, I do think Cup gets his hands on it. But it wasn't like a, a a bad pass. It wasn't. I wouldn't call it a desperation pass. So that's it's it's kind of funny how in disarray the entire offense is with just a few players missing, and albeit they are very important players, like that you can't replace Brandon Cooks. You just can't, and that's evidence right there especially against a, a a pretty solid you know defensive core right there so it, it there was a lot of factors in there that just went against the rams was not the best time to lose key players was not the best time to go into pittsburgh especially uh while they were in their winning streak in the end we just got uh, a big dose of uh, reality check right there, and uh, especially with this horrid offensive line. And and I think too, uh, like you don't really think about what you miss with Brandon Cooks, but when the game was on the line, and I saw Goff throw a deep ball fade to Josh Reynolds in double coverage, that's a play where I'm like. God damn, I wish we had Brandon Cooks on this play. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, his offense got exposed as it ever would. 
it was uh and like you can't really blame the receivers the line got destroyed and I, I, I think we talk about Goff now because it's been a weird, like, I, I don't even narrative, I guess, on Goff. And I'm not even talking about from the media. I'm talking about from us Rams fans, like people that will listen to this podcast. There's a lot of people that are calling for Goff's head, saying the contract is terrible. Why would you pay him? Why don't we play Bortles? I don't, this guy's never going to get it. Then there's the other side of the coin where people are fully blaming the offensive line and saying, we've seen Jared play behind a good line and play well. And that it's not really his fault at all. He's a great quarterback. He's worth the money. And he just needs a good line. And I think there's a medium somewhere in between these two topics. You know, like, yes, the line is very much holding him back. But at the same time, uh, the money we're paying him, he's not going to be behind elite offensive lines every year of his career. And as a pocket passer like Goff is, that's tough. But you have to make better decisions. You have to get the ball out quick when you can. When you're getting the ball out quick, you have to make accurate throws. And one thing he's still doing is staring down receivers. Uh, If you want to look at my Twitter, at Steve Ribeiro, I, I tweeted out, it was it was the play where where he fumbled, and it was also the play where Whitworth got pancaked. But you see Robert Woods cutting across the middle, wide open, easily would have been a, a, a ten yard gain if he if he gets the ball out right there. He doesn't even look at him. Guy goes right into his view. He doesn't even look up. He's staring at Cooper Cup. Goes to throw him the ball. Gets tipped. Obviously, that's the tip's not on him. I don't blame him for the fumble. But he could have avoided that if he just threw the ball to Robert Woods when he was open. He needs to do a better job of assessing all his options on a play, of getting quick balls out to open receivers. He loves taking the deep shot, which I like. I like a quarterback that's going to take shots. We didn't have one for years before him. But you got to throw, if you're going to take the shots, you got to throw them accurately, which he hadn't been doing this season. And. You, you just got to adapt to the pressure you're playing on him. It's been 10 games now, nine games. The, he knows the line's not going to get better, and he needs to stop playing like it's going to. Uh, it's it's a tough situation long-term. Do I believe in Goff? Yeah. But right now, he has a lot of shit he needs to work on in his game because the way the office is constructed, and it's not his fault the line sucks, but that's the hand you're dealt. And you have to you have to play it the best you can, and he's absolutely not doing that right now. It's a lot of uh, playing card reference here. <laughs> I, I I just keep sneaking him in, man. I've been playing a lot of solitaire on the subway. I, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm actually vaguely impressed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so to go back to what you were saying, you know about because I, I was reading some of the comments. People were writing about how we need to switch over from Goff to Blake Bortles. First off, there's uh, about a hundred million reasons why I could, you know, tell you why we shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> first off, I I don't think Bortles would do any better. Like, let's be real. If, if no. Goff is going to struggle, Bortles is going to struggle also. You know, Bortles is not a savior. No, and and their their styles, I I think are not that their styles are exactly the same, but like, let's say high high complete hypothetical this is obviously not gonna happen. Like, if you if his backup was like Kaepernick, a guy who is known to get out of the pocket to scramble to run, that's a completely different style of play, and maybe that plays better behind this offensive line. But I don't care who it is, you're paying this guy. 130 million dollars over the next four years you're not gonna bench him even if the guy behind him is a better playing style uh it's not like we're in the middle of a playoff game where it's do or die um but and either way we don't have that better playing style or that different playing style behind him we have Blake Bortles who is a great option if Goff gets hurt but you put in Blake Bortles the team's not turning around there's no way because Goff 
isn't that much of the problem to that point. Um, <laughs> the the interesting thing is uh, with 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 golf. I think a lot of people misunderstand exactly the type of quarterback he is. And I think the expectations are a little bit higher than where they need to be. And I get it. I totally get it because we're paying him ridiculous amounts of money. So, of course, we expect a lot more as well. But simply put, is Jared Goff the best quarterback in the league if is he a top five quarterback no and we kind of knew this going into this personally i will admit that i think i might have overrated him a little bit same same yeah i i over i overrated him a little bit however he is exactly the type of quarterback deep down. We all knew he was, and he's simply a system quarterback and Woo! not that there's any oh. <laughs> a system quarterback. Well, he is, let's be honest that that's what he is. And I, let me clarify this for a second before there's an uproar by this, Steve here. This was a debate. In the preseason. So I, I'm not letting you undersell that you just said he's a system quarterback. I'm not necessarily even disagreeing with you. Uh, but that's a big take, Johnny. That's a big take it to is. have. It, it is. And it's actually a take I've had before. Um, in practically in my defense, because um, I think, I think uh, we had this, this debate about Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff. I ain't going to go that far back, but that's kind of where I brought up system quarterback with Jared Goff. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong, necessarily wrong with a system quarterback. It just it, it basically means you have a quarterback that has talent in certain areas. Obviously, Goff has an arm whenever he's accurate, and that's a, that's an amazing feature to have so he he's an above average quarterback but is he in the elite the top echelon of quarterbacks that's debatable and and i think we're kind of getting our answer this season and it's again for the people that are saying that golf sucks that he's the worst quarterback in the nfl that we shouldn't have given him this contract blah blah, blah. no that's wrong I, I don't care what anybody says. That was the right move to do. Even if Goff flops, obviously I hope he does not. But even if Goff flops at the time, that was the right thing to do. And it's real easy in retrospect to say, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Well, of course. I mean, damn. I <laughs> if, if you accidentally run a red light and you get in a, a car accident, you can easily say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know? It, it it's easy to do it in retrospect. Now, am I going to sit here and say that I regret any of this contract? No, not at all. Because I still believe in Goff. I still believe that he is a talented quarterback. And he's just a quarterback that needs help. Like any other quarterback, really, unless you're Russell Wilson. You know? You... <laughs> You need help. Yeah, the man and, does not need help. I don't get it. Now now he has help. Look at what he's fucking doing over there, man. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's certainly making his uh, making a statement for MVP and uh, succeeding. But uh, anyway, don't even compare Goff to, to Wilson for those of you that are going to do that. Because I know there will be at least one person, two way too different quarterbacks, and we knew that going in as well. So um, for me, I think the the criticism on Goff is borderline unfair and fair at the same time. Because on one hand, 
I can I can definitely agree that he has underperformed to his contract. That I can totally agree with. Putting the offensive line aside, he hasn't been the same Jared Goff that we saw last season. And I think that's one of the biggest disappointments. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Goff is the worst investment, that he's a terrible quarterback, that we should bench him in favor of Blake Bortles. No, 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 no. Goff is a talented quarterback. He just needs help, and he needs to improve. That's it. Rant over. He, Yeah, it's it's a combination of he needs help, and at the same time, he, he needs to improve himself. Uh, if the, the help's not always going to be there and you can't you can't just try to do the same shit every time that you've been doing that's clearly not working uh, and you said you know he might be an upper echelon quarterback today he's not you can't make the case that he is at all uh, is he the second best quarterback in the NFC West after watching last night's game 49ers he fucking still <laughs> might be I uh, if and I was saying this to my friends who are not Rams fans and who are very anti-Goff. If you switch Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo, the Rams would be 5-4 and four, and the 49ers would be 8-1. and one, And I have absolute full confidence in that. Uh, that both teams would be having these same exact seasons if you switch those guys. Uh, and hell, some Rams fans might be pissed that Jared Goff has been relegated to being interchangeable with Jimmy Garoppolo. But that's where we are right now. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. Uh, there was another thought that oh, the contract. I I a hundred percent agree with you that even with hindsight, like yeah, you wish you hadn't paid in that money, but look at the time, and even knowing what we know now, I still say it was the right move because look at the flip side, the Cowboys didn't pl- pay Dak Prescott this preseason. Look at what he's done. Okay. You don't pay Goff, you risk a chance. You If you don't pay Goff and he does this, then yeah, you get to turn around and probably give him less money than we paid him. But look at Dak. Dak might, he wanted $35 million, I believe. He might get more than that because the dude is fucking balling right now. That's a risk you take when you don't, or when you, when you let the quarterback walk into a contract year and they could franchise Dak, sure. But the way he's playing, you're going to want to lock him up and he's going to get a pretty penny uh, because he's earned it. And that's that's the risk you would have taken letting walk, Goff walk into a contract year like that. Um, we'll, we'll continue on here, but first, let's give a shout-out to our friends from the Big Heads Podcast Network, the UCLA B team. Hello out there to be man, woman, and child. This is the B-Team. I'm Nathan Eberhardt. And I'm Michael Hanna. And together we host the UCLA B-Team podcast, your go-to audio source online for news, analysis, opinion, and sometimes even jokes about UCLA Bruins sports. We're proud to be members of the Big Heads Media Network, and you can find our newest episodes every week at bigheadsmedia.com, or you can subscribe via iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at UCLA B-Team, and hit us up with questions or comments. We love to interact with our listeners. So for a smart, level-headed, if sometimes it unofficial we cannot stress this enough unofficial take on the ucla bruins come join the b team johnny you got any any final golf thoughts you want to get out or should we move on to the other part of the backfield what card would golf be <laughs> that's a good question uh maybe a Maybe a 10, because in some <laughs> games, a 10 is a pivotal high card, and then in other games, it's just, a, it's just a fucking card that's not that important. I don't know. So so you can almost say last game that Goff was just a fucking card and not important. <laughs> uh, last game, if your hand was 5, 6, 7, 8, of spades, Goff is a ten of clubs. Useless. Uh, not, <laughs> not the card you needed. Uh, I mean, twenty-two of forty-one last game, right? Really, just not, not the game you want to see from that man. Uh, but we talked about how Pittsburgh defense was underrated in our preview, and I mean that's a good fucking defense, man. 
Uh, that secondary is legit. That pass rush is legit. Uh, and they carried a bad offensive team. I mean, it's fucking crazy how many of these games we're losing just because we are not scoring points uh, in comparison to last year. So, not ideal. Uh, after we scored three points in the Super Bowl, you kind of hope these things wouldn't happen, but here we are. Uh, Todd Gurley, 12 rushes for 73 yards, his best game since week one. Doesn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Now, I feel like that stat's been getting a little overblown because they had a fucking eight-minute drive, the Steelers, and you come back onto the field and you're losing, and you don't run the ball, but would it have been the right call to run the ball there? I don't know. But at the same time, man, he should Why is Malcolm Brown on the field in the fourth quarter? At this point, the way Gurley's playing in that game, uh, you go three plays and punt with Malcolm Brown in there. I just, I, I just don't get why, why, why they aren't, they aren't playing, why, why they're not playing him as much, why they're not feeding him as much. Uh, you could say it's the knee, but he had a game where he played ninety percent of snaps this year, so they've done it before. Uh, it's like they're saving him for a postseason run. That's at this point is not going to happen. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. There is uh, you <laughs> with Todd Gurley. It's it's to say it's frustrating is an understatement because the play calling has not only affected Todd Gurley, but it's affected the entire offense altogether. And this game pretty much proved it. And if we go in with this attitude even more, it may not even be worth carrying Todd Gurley anymore. Just because by like by limiting your offense, so to speak, you're really handicapping yourself even more. And we kinda we kinda got this sense that he was going to be limited, but really not quite this much. Like they really have limited his his usage in pretty much entirely i mean going whole quarters without using him and keeping in mind that he was having a, a pretty good game though although i have to say I, I i've been extremely frustrated with him as you know a, as a pass catching running back for whatever for whatever reason, he can't catch the ball this season. Really, really looked bad in the passing game in this game. Not entirely his fault, but I uh, he he did not look good. No, not at all. And yes, you're right. There were there was a I think two passes that weren't exactly the best thrown footballs. But you would hope that he would still make those kinds of catches. And what hurt most about those particular plays was he had, you know, you know, he had some room to run there. So he could have e- easily gotten, you know, a decent gain, possibly first downs. You never know. And that's been one of the frustrating factors also is he's not being used properly. And we were complaining about him not getting the ball as a receiver. But seeing like, because this wasn't the only game where he hasn't been able to catch the football. It's just even more noticeable in this game. And but that, yeah, that's that's just the frustrating aspect in all of this is he's not the same Todd Gurley, and you know, putting all of that together, the inefficient way of using him, we can't we can't have this type of Todd Gurley going forward otherwise you're better off cutting him taking the cap hit like seriously uh you're you're too you're handicapping too much of the offense by doing this but in this game the frustrating part to me was that he was looking like Todd Gurley on the ground he ran 12 times for 73 yards Henderson and Malcolm Brown combined nine carries for 14 yards like why are you giving them the ball in this game when Todd's running like that back-to-back drives in the fourth quarter you go three and out with Malcolm Brown as your running back. Uh, Brown started out the season well. He's not been running well since. And I get why you're playing him, but why are you rolling him out there for a second consecutive series 
at that point in the game when you're losing, you need points. And one of them, you get a fucking safety. You get all the momentum back in your favor, and you roll out Malcolm Brown on the field rather than Todd Gurley, and it does not work. Uh, and to me, this – you want to talk about worst games of the year? This was McVay's worst game of the year to me. Uh, the Todd Gurley thing was kind of crazy. He should have touched the ball more. Uh, letting them run that absurd fake punt. Uh, the Blake Bortles read option. Look, I don't I don't care whether or not Blake Bortles was supposed to be in the game or not. Why are you running that play? Uh, Jared Goff threw an interception to Tyler Higby, who was double covered on a fade route. Why are we running fade routes to Tyler Higby? Why then Goff, why are you throwing it to him in double coverage? I just like Ugh, this game was infuriating, man. And we wasted one of our defense's best performances of the year, if not their best. They scored nine points. They were the only reason this was even remotely a game. Uh scoring wise and holding the, the defense or the offense to virtually nothing. Uh ten points total. And that's with giving, uh, I believe, one of those field goals came off a turnover. Uh, I don't know, man. This was, this was just a not a fun game. Yeah, I've had more fun games, if I'm going to be honest. It just it was way too disappointing. I said many unkind things to my television. The funny thing is I, I was actually on a business trip, was watching the game with my coworker, who is not a football fan at all. And he had the pleasure of listening to me cuss at the TV for three or so hours. <laughs> so he, he actually asked me if it was normal for me to be so upset. And I said, no, actually, I'm usually happy. Can't say that in this game. Definitely not at all. It was fucking crazy. And, uh, I mean, look, should that, should that goth fumble have been a fumble? I don't think so. But you know what? We lost, we lost our rights to blame refs for losing a game for an entire year after last season. People aren't going to like to hear it, but look, guys, uh, we got to the Super Bowl because of bad refereeing in part. And we don't get to blame the refs anymore for losing a game. We just don't. For an entire year, I've revoked our privileges. You don't have to listen to me. But personally, the refs sucked in this game on both sides. We might have caught in a little more of the bulk of it, but I we don't we I don't think we deserve that privilege for this season. Speak for yourself, Steve. I'm going <laughs> to petition the NFL. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to the federal courts. This is gonna this is gonna definitely be heard. I'm gonna start wearing a referee. <laughs> an official jersey whenever I go to the games now. <laughs> no, but all, all joking aside, um, don't be that team, guys. Or don't be that fan base, I should say. It's, you know, was it a poor call? I will say yes. It could have been. I mean, it was slightly close. You can't even compare it, honestly to the the game last season against New Orleans. That was clear. This one was a little harder to call, but I don't think it was a fumble. I think the real the real bummer was that the Steelers had a similar play and they didn't call it a fumble there. Uh, exactly. so yeah, that's that was what bummed me out was that like if you're gonna rule that one an incomplete on the field, rule this one an incomplete on the field, you know? That that play probably should have been ruled a fumble and then reviewed and then potentially overturned. Because if like you you either gotta when it's that close, I think you either gotta let all the plays finish or let none of them finish because the inconsistency is gonna fuck up games like it did in this game. But it is what it is. Regardless of that play, we did not deserve to win this fucking ball game at all. So it is what it is. Uh. Before we move on to the the Bears, uh, are you the, guys? Are you the type of football fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? If you are, my bookie is the place for you because they let you 
They let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. It's a great pun. Between football season, NBA, and the start of the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the guy, kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, look, we're not all trying to bet our whole wallets on games. You can bet a little, try parlay, you pick multiple games, you pick big favorites each week, run the parlay. The more games you bet on, the bigger your payout's going to be with less risk. Uh, so if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you means if you make a $2,000 deposit, MyBookie will give you $1,000 in free money to play with. You spend 100 bucks, they're going to give you 50 Why not? Get that free money, guys. And if you want that free money, use our promo code Massive Late Fee to activate your offer. Once again, Massive Late Fee to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today and get betting. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So, and we, we didn't really even touch on the defense, Johnny. I mean, what more is there to say? Uh, Aaron Donald, fucking masterpiece of performance in his homecoming. Uh, we could debate all day whether the Jalen Ramsey trade was worth it or not, but the defense is clearly better with him. But speaking of good defenses, we got the Chicago Bears, a team that somehow looks a lot like us right now. <laughs> Horrible offense, good defense. Uh, even if you don't think that defense is what it was last year, at the most point, they've given up one game with giving up over 30 points. A lot of games in uh, the teens scoring-wise, even though they've lost some of those games. But, Johnny, this is clearly still a very good defense. Cleo Mack, still a very good player. And our offense, not great. What do you you even expect going into this game missing four starters on the offensive side of the ball? If you ask me... Who I'd rather run with, Jared Goff or Mitch Trubisky? I would I would take Jared Goff. I mean, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there, but um, it, it's it's going to be an interesting game because these are two really good defenses. I will say there are some key losses to the Bears defense that make me feel a little bit better. But I'm still not jumping for joy exactly, considering the offensive line that the Rams have to work with. Yeah, that's um, it's a little nerve wracking, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think it, what it all boils down to is the Rams really have to figure something out, some sort of balance, because really one thing that hasn't clicked for the offense is a perfect balance between the ground game and the passing game. And part of that is McVay's fault. He does tend to abandon the run far too quickly. Doesn't seem to be making the best choices in terms of which running back to roll with. And I get it for some, you know, for some parts of it, you know, the whole limiting Gurley just really does throw a wrench into his plans. I'm sure of it, but that this has to happen now. They have to click in order to win this game. Otherwise the bears are going to essentially have a repeat performance of what happened with the Steelers, you know, last week against the Rams, you know, the they'll have a terrible time against the Rams defense but unless the Rams are scoring like multiple pick sixes, which is a possibility, uh, I don't see them coming away with a victory here unless they get the offense going. It, they they really need to step up. And I just I don't know if the offensive line is going to be able to get it together. It's just so many losses. And I'm not that confident in our backups. I'm just going to be real. And there's two Rams offensive linemen making their first starts of the season. Uh, 
I don't know if this is Corbett's first start ever, but certainly one of his first real big game experiences. This is going to be Bobby Evans' first game, period, if he's the guy that gets the nod there, uh, which it seems like they're going to go with. So you're going against that Bears pass rush. It's a pretty fucking good pass rush. Pretty good run. I mean, those guys are Danny Trevathan. Him being out is going to be a blessing for us. But, I mean, still, dude. Still got a lot of heavy hitters on that defensive line. And I don't I don't know if I trust. Even with Rob Havenstein, uh, good, good defensive ends obliterated us. And Khalil Mack is as good as they come. So, I, you, you gotta, I think if you're McVay, you gotta game plan essentially thinking that your offensive line is gonna get blown up. And how can we adapt to that? Because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see how they hold up in this game. Without a doubt. It, it's, uh, it's gonna be a tough game. And I think it'll still be, It'll still be a close game when it's all said and done. But well, how could it? How could it not be? Who's going to score points? The defense. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jalen Ramsey. He'll have to run to the other side of the football field to get that pick six. It's going to be very similar to last year's game, I'd say. Right. I. Uh, just a fucking defensive slugfest. You know, like... In a way, I kind of don't mind that, though, because I like defense. Yeah, and hey, the Rams giving up the fifth-fewest rushing yards per game this year. Um, Bear, Bears rushing offense, not very good. It, it, inconsistent, I'd say. Uh, they got the, the fifth-worst rushing offense in the league. Uh, so I have, I have no, no doubt in my mind. My, my prediction is the Bears will score 13 points in this game. Can the Rams score more than 13? How am I fucking saying this? What is, why has it come to this? That, that is very surprising when you put it all into perspective and the, and there's no simple answer to that. You want to know my prediction for this game? Handles. I think the Rams lose thirteen to nine. Is I cannot believe oh. I'm actually predicting this. I I has I saw nothing last week that gave me any confidence that the Rams would be able to score enough points to win. Like I again when they're going against when they're going against a bad defense, yeah, we'll fucking torch the Falcons. Sure, the Bears. I don't see it, man. Right now. And I, I hope to God I'm wrong. I'm not trying to be pessimistic here. But, like, that that was a really deflating game against the Steelers. And because, like, the defense made turnovers. They made plays. Uh, Trubisky, as bad as he's been, he's not throwing interceptions, really. So I don't know how available those pick sixes are going to be. The, the Bears are, are a bad offense in the sense that they'll just go three and out. And, you know, that, that'll kind of be it. So I just, I, I don't think we'll score enough points to win this game. And it's not going to be a lot of points that we need. I I just kind of picture the, the Bears, you know, just, or well, I, I picture the Rams just trying to prove you wrong. And then they end up getting like 60 points in this game. I fucking hope so, man. <laughs> I love I don't being know how wrong. I even be possible. But it would be amusing if they got like sixty points just just to fuck with you. And the crazy thing is, like, I don't really think it's possible. But there's good enough players on this offense for that to happen. When Goff is on, he's on. Todd Gurley, he's he's bound to have a huge game this year. Cooper Cup had two hundred twenty yards the other week. So there's good enough players for a blowout performance to happen. Even against a good defense like Chicago, I just don't have faith that it's going to happen. Well, 
I am going to go the optimist route because I want to say that they're going to win for my birthday. I hope so. Shout out. Shout out to Magic Johnny for his birthday. Yes, I shamelessly shout out my own birthday. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to say that they win. It won't be by by a shootout, trust me. Uh, I'm just, I was just joking. But I think that it will be a 17-14 to 14 victory for the Rams. This is, uh, this is not a game, if they want to have any chance at the playoffs they can't lose this game because like not nah, don't like a loss here would put them in even with uh chicago i think and five and five with the way the the vikings seahawks are playing uh and the teams at the top of those divisions you, you can't afford to lose to the bears the bears are not very good you can't you can't afford to lose this game and it's already kind of a long shot for us to make the playoffs, but hey, you beat the Bears, you get right. Uh, you you can afford a loss to the Ravens, I'd say, but at home, look, I think we got a shot in that game. Uh, I as crazy as it sounds, I trust the defense right now to game plan for Lamar Jackson and handle him. We'll see what happens. Uh, this defense really only has one really bad game on the year against Tampa Bay, which. Who the fuck knows what happened there? Uh, but you lose this game. You're 5-5, five and five, and you finish the season with Baltimore, Arizona, Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco, Arizona. You basically have to win out to really hope to make the playoffs if that happens. Maybe you go 10-6. and six. Uh, But to me, I hate to say it, I, I don't think we make the playoffs, but like... I'd still like to finish with a winning record, and it's very doable. And I and I really only say that because ten and six might not even get us into the playoffs with the way teams are playing. But if you want to keep that door open, you have to win this game, especially after losing last week. Playoffs? <laughs> I just want to win a game. Uh, you know, it's weird. Like you forget what the bad times are like, kind of after the last two years, and uh, here we are. But it's it's a because we. We haven't had a season like this really since 2000, what was it, three, 2002 after the Super Bowl? Yeah, basically. That's similar because like uh, 2011, which I believe was the year after um, the the Sam Bradford rookie year where we went 2-14. and 14. Obviously, that that was probably the mo- most deflating season in between that time. But you realize pretty quickly during that year that we weren't actually good. And that last season was kind of a fluke. Like, this year we have two years of evidence that we were good. And the talent's still there. Uh, but there's the holes are gigantic on this depth chart. Uh, and unfillable. Yeah, that's... That's an understatement at this point. Uh, biggest glaring hole would be Roger Saffold. Yep. And hey, man, uh, I love if you if you want to read more about the offensive line, head to my Twitter at Steve Barrow. I, I tweeted out an article today that I wrote. Look, the Rams could have kept Roger Saffold if they wanted to. Uh, you know how much money he's making this season. How much? Six point seven five million. One million more than Clay Matthews. They could have kept him if they wanted to. His contract balloons next year uh, to twelve point seven five. But we're paying Tyler Higby eight. We could have found that money. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Would it have been the right move? I don't know. But they could have. Uh, and clearly, what they went with wasn't the right move. So uh, I don't know if paying him would have been the answer. But they could have. They chose not to. And Steve Ribeiro has spoken. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll be back next week. If it's a win or a loss, either way, it should be a fun podcast. We'll either be really grumpy or really happy. Uh, and I was grumpy after the Cleveland win. 
I'm not gonna be grumpy after a win anymore for the rest of the season. Happy as can be. Uh, but don't forget to follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Five Nine Six and follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Stay tuned to the Rams Talk feed for more podcasts this week leading into this Bears game. Tell Sean Payton keep talking that. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.